You're listening to the Hope Assembly podcast with Pastor Ryan Day. For more information, you can visit us online at hopeassembly.org. Please enjoy this week's sermon. Well, we're going to continue our sermon series today. Uh, We're on part six of our series seven. It's a seven part series if you didn't if you didn't gather there uh, about the seven statements of Jesus when he was on the cross in each of the gospel accounts, Matthew, Mark, Luke and John, all of them record certain certain elements that mattered to them about what Jesus said while he was on the cross. Um, and so we're on statement six from the cross today. And what we've been what we've been saying is like before Jesus went to the cross, he told his disciples, if you want to uh, become my follower, if you want to come after me, you got to deny yourself, you got to take up your cross, you got to follow me. And as we've said over and over again, the disciples probably didn't quite grasp what he meant by take up your cross and follow me. They probably wrestled with that. Um, But we now know what he meant when he said that. And we recognize that he didn't mean that we too needed to physically be crucified in order to follow Jesus, but rather that we needed to take up the cruciform life, that we needed to be people who recognize the value, um, the necessity of the cruciform life, because the kingdom of God is centered around the cruciform life. The kingdom of God is centered around a cruciform life, meaning that I am willing to give of myself, to to love sacrificially, to forgive sacrificially, to be in community sacrificially um, for the sake of the kingdom of God. This is how God's kingdom works. And so we're on statement six today. I'm going to read it to you. It's actually picking up right where we left off from last week's sermon in John chapter 19. And we're going to start actually um, in verse 28 where we were last week, and you'll see how it pulls together here. John chapter 19, verse 28 says this, After Jesus, realizing that by this time everything was completed, said, in order to fulfill the scripture, I am thirsty. That was last week's statement. 29 goes on to say, a jar full of sour wine was there. So they put a sponge soaked in sour wine on a branch of hyssop and lifted it to his mouth. Verse 30, when he had received the sour wine, Jesus said, it is completed. Or many versions will say, it is finished. Then he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. Here we have the sixth statement of Jesus, the last statement that John records of Jesus. And he says, it is finished. Now in the English, it says, it is finished. In the Greek, the original language, it's actually just one word. And that word is tetelestai, tetelestai. So we're going to talk a little bit about this and some reflections that I've had about this statement of Jesus to tell us die or it is finished. Interestingly, this word is only used two times in the entire canon of Scripture. And both times that it is used in Scripture is in this text that we just read today. Meaning John is emphasizing this idea of tetelestai. In verse 28, it says, After this, Jesus, realizing that by this time everything was completed or finished, tetelestai, then he um, 
received the sour wine and said, it is finished or to telestize. So John is emphasizing this idea of the word to telestai. Um, and that word to telestai means this. If you look up to the fullness of the, of the meaning of that word, it means this. It was finished. And as a result, it is forever done. It was finished, and as a result, it is forever done. Or you could say it like this. It stands finished. It stands finished. But I think a reasonable question when we're reading this is, what is finished? What does John mean? What did Jesus mean from the cross when he said it is finished? And what is John trying to get to, uh, through to us as he's recorded this gospel story of Jesus on the cross? When he tells us twice in the same text, it is finished or to telestai. Well, what he's trying to convey to us or what is being finished here is the work of Jesus. That Jesus is declaring that his work is completed, that his work is is finished or that the work that he came to do stands eternally finished. Now, what do I mean by that? A couple of scriptures really quick. John chapter 4. Jesus uh, speaking to his disciples after they've gone to gather food. Jesus had sat down at the well uh, and he, he encounters this woman from Samaria and he has this whole discussion in John chapter four about living water uh, with a woman at the well uh, who was a Samaritan woman. And when the disciples came back, they're astonished that he's sitting here talking with a woman um, who is Samaritan and is a woman. Both of those things were not a good idea if you were a rabbi or a Jew. Um, they despised Samaritans and women were considered uh, third, fourth class citizens. And here is Jesus breaking all of those barriers, um, speaking to this woman. The disciples go to give him food. And here's, the, here's what happens in John chapter 4, verse uh, 31. Let me see here. 31 through 34. Meanwhile, the disciples were urging Jesus. They said, Rabbi, eat something. But Jesus said to them, I have food to eat that you know nothing about. So he's using a metaphor here. And so the disciples began to say to one another, no one brought him anything to eat, did they? And Jesus said to them, verse 34, my food is to do the will of the one who sent me and to complete his work. It says, my food is to do the will of the one who sent me and to complete his work. What he's talking about is that him and the Father and the Holy Spirit, the Trinity, had come up with this plan of salvation for humanity. And this is the work that Jesus is talking about. The disciples don't quite get it, but he's telling them, my food is to do the work of him who sent me, to complete the work of the Father in John um, chapter 17, we, we hear more about this work just before Jesus goes to the cross. In John chapter 17, verses 1 through 4, Jesus is praying to the Father, and here's what he says. When Jesus had finished saying these things, he looked upward to heaven and said, Father, the time has come. Glorify your Son so that your Son may glorify you. Just as you have given him authority over all humanity so that he may give eternal life to everyone you have given him. Now this is eternal life, that they know you, the one true God and Jesus Christ whom you sent. I glorified you on earth by completing the work you gave me to do. 
And now, Father, glorify me at your side with the glory I had with you before the world was created. So here in John 17, we see that Jesus is coming to the end of his ministry work. He knows that the death is imminent, that it's coming. He prays to the Father and he, he reveals to us that the completed work is salvation. That the completed work is that he has come to bring eternal life and salvation to all of mankind. And this is the work that he has done. Jesus's work was to seek and to save the lost, to lay his life down as the spotless lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. And this is what Jesus is saying when he says to Telestai. He is saying that it is finished and as a result, this salvation is forever done. That this salvation is, it will stand as finished eternally. That's good news. Fleming Rutledge said it like this. Now we need to ask further about the meaning of it is finished, she says. The English is ambiguous, but the Greek is not. It does not mean it's over. This is the end. Uh, I'm done for. She says, no, it means it is completed or it is perfected. She goes on to say this. Jesus is announcing that. At the precise moment when he seems to be defeated, he is actually the conqueror, Christus Victor, meaning Christ the victor or the one who has victory. So Tetelestai is this declaration that Jesus has overcome the world. He has overcome sin by dying on the cross, which is crazy because most of the gods of that day, if not all of the gods of that day, required that we climb the mountain, that we offer sacrifices. And here is Jesus in this very subversive way, overthrowing darkness through his own self-sacrificial love. And he's saying in this moment that that work has been perfected. It has been forever established as done. It made me think about the statement that we use regularly um, in regards to our salvation is that it is paid in full. That, that our sins have been paid for by Jesus like the scriptures go on to say, like Paul says, like you are not your own, like your life was bought at a price that, that you don't belong to yourself anymore. The, he's, he's in effect saying like the debt that you had to sin has been paid in full. And here's the thing. This word to telestai, this Greek word was used as a shorthand to indicate when a debt was paid or canceled. So if a debt back in the first century, if a debt was paid in full or the debt was canceled, they would stamp upon that debt to telestai, that it would signify that the debt had been paid in full. And John is using this term intentionally to declare that Jesus was canceling the debt of sin in our lives. He was, he was declaring to us that through Jesus, we no longer have an obligation to the sinful nature, the sin that would control us, the sinful nature that we were in bondage to, enslaved to, indebted to, whatever terminology you want to use. 
John is using this language to say it is no longer that way. It now stands as finished, paid in full. The work of Jesus set us free from the debt, the enslavement of sin. It's paid in full. To Tetelestai. He's intentionally declaring that there is nothing that we can do to earn this salvation that Jesus is offering to us. That it is the work of Jesus on the cross that pays our debt. Nothing else. Jesus plus nothing equals everything. And too often we think, man, that's just too easy. It's too good to be true. Surely I have to do some things to earn this salvation. Surely there are things that I must, uh, some penance I must pay, some, some sort of way to repay my debt in order to be worthy of receiving salvation, worthy of receiving the love of God. And the, the cross of Christ stands in rebuke against those ideas because Jesus says on the cross to Telestai, it is finished, it is full completely perfect and there is nothing that you can do to add to this finished work of salvation paid for by Jesus's self-sacrificial love. Fleming Rutledge also said this in her book about this idea. We cannot earn God's gifts of forgiveness reconciliation, resurrection, and eternal life. Like we can't earn these things. She goes on to say, these divine gifts are beyond our capacity to earn through any means we could possibly devise. It has already been done for us. It is freely accomplished through the self-giving of Christ. To Telestine, it is finished. Sort of the last reflection that I had on this statement of Jesus, it is finished, is this. I love how the Gospel of John, John opens his Gospel as sort of this retelling of creation. But with Christ as the center of creation. It, it's almost as if he's retelling of the new creation that is now found in Christ Jesus. What do I mean by that? John chapter 1 says this, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word there is capital W, it's referring to Jesus Christ. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And it goes on to say how all things were made by the Word. It's very similar to Genesis chapter 1 that says, In the beginning, God. In the beginning, God. And there's sort of this creative retelling of this new creation story, which is what John is getting at um, in the gospel of John. And so in the beginning of the gospel of John, John chapter one, he's like, in the beginning was the word, the word was with God, and the word was God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory. The glory is the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. And now here in this final statement that John records, it's not the final statement of Jesus on the cross, but it is the final statement that John records of Jesus on the cross. John is, it's as if he's concluding this new creation narrative, just like the creation narrative. And what do I mean by this? 
It's as if John is saying, this is the way, this new creation narrative is the way that Jesus is putting right again what was lost or broken in creation. So it's as if John is saying, like, in Genesis chapter 1 and chapter 2, when God created the heavens and the earth, he was establishing this way in which his kingdom would rule in the earth. And that became broken because of the sinfulness of humanity. And now, fast forward thousands of years, God has worked the salvation plan where he comes in the flesh as Jesus Christ. And now he is, he is making right what was wronged by the sinfulness of man. God is now making it right through the pure and spotless lamb of Jesus Christ and his willingness to lay himself down on this cross. And let me, let me see if I can pull this together briefly by, by sharing Genesis chapter 1 verses 31 through chapter 2 verses 3. And here's what it said. This is the end of the creation story in Genesis. It says, God saw all that he had made and it was very good. There was evening and there was morning the sixth day. The heavens and the earth were completed with everything that was in them, meaning nothing needed to be added to it. The heavens and the earth, all things that God did in those six days, it was very good and it had been completed. There was no need for anything to be added to it. But the seventh day, God finished the work that he had been doing and he ceased on the seventh day all the work that he had been doing. God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it he ceased all the work that he had been doing in creation because all the work had been completed. So six days God worked, the seventh day God rested, and he rested on the seventh day because on the sixth day it was finished. Creation was completed. And then we fast forward to Jesus, and here we have the sixth statement of Jesus similar to the sixth day of creation. And Jesus from the cross says, it is completed. It is finished. This just before Jesus also is laid in a grave or laid to rest in a grave. We know that the resurrection is coming. We know that in three days he will come up out of the grave. But we too often skip past the statement of Jesus on the cross to get to the resurrection because we think maybe the resurrection voids out the cross. But here's the thing. The resurrection doesn't void the cross. The resurrection vindicates the cross. The resurrection declares that the cross is the central idea of the kingdom of God, that it was on the cross. It was on the sixth, through the sixth statement of Jesus that creation, a new creation was born, uh, that the kingdom of God and salvation was made available to you and me. I hope this is making sense. The sixth statement of Jesus, much like the sixth day of creation, is the finished work of salvation. And in that finished work of salvation, we can rest. There's no more work for you or I to do in regards to salvation. 
Does that mean that we don't do any work? No, no, no. We work for the kingdom of God, but we work from salvation, not for salvation. We work because God has been so good to us. He's freely saved us. He's given us this free gift of reconciliation. And so therefore, we work to let others know about this free gift of salvation. We're not working to earn our salvation. We're working because we are so grateful. We are so caught up in this beautiful thing called the good news, the love of God that rescued us. And therefore, we go to tell others about this beautiful idea of the gospel. Jesus, on the sixth day, or the, with the sixth statement rather, says to Telestai, it is completed. Salvation, the work of salvation has been fully uh, per perfectly completed. It stands eternally finished. And therefore, you and I can rest in the work of salvation that Jesus did for us. I want to finish with this um, poem by James Proctor about this it is finished idea, this tetelestai idea. Here's what he says. Nothing either great or small, nothing sinner, no. Jesus did it, did it all long, long ago. It is finished, yes, indeed, finished every jot. Sinner, this is all you need. Tell me, is it not? Cast your deadly doing down, down at Jesus' feet. Stand in him, in him alone, gloriously complete. Let's pray. Father, we're so grateful for the finished work of the cross, that Jesus, for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross. That he who knew no sin became sin so that we who were sinners could become the righteousness of God. That we could, we could come into union and relationship with you through Jesus Christ. That salvation was offered to us because of the work that Jesus did on the cross. We're so grateful that he declared, it is finished. To Telestai, may we rest in the finished work of the cross. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, before you go, let me pray this blessing over you today. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. God bless you. We'll see you next week. Thank you for listening. It's our desire to lead people to know Christ and to make Him known. If you'd like to support the ministry of Hope Assembly, go to hopeassembly.org. Thank you for listening and God bless.